everybody what's up welcome to GameSpot after dark episode 138 this show is coming in hot and heavy i am your host this week john luke Seipke, filling in for tamar hussein who is on assignment i can't say what assignment but it is a very special assignment uh we are also joined by jordan ramay as always yep. Ayo, ayo. I'm really glad you led with that, John Luke, because I was not sure if we were about if we were allowed to talk about what assignment they were on. <laughs> I have no idea, and I'm assuming not. And of course, uh filling in, we have the wonderful, the lovely Ben Jenka. I'm back. They can't keep me away. No, no, they can't. Uh and uh yeah, no no Lucy this week, because uh, she is also on assignment, the same assignment, uh, in fact, which is very exciting, but uh yeah, it's just the three of us this week. We're gonna be it's gonna be a more casual, a more free flowing episode, I think, you know? Uh yeah. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love that. I think Love I think you need us. some of those. A nice kind of relaxed time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mix yeah, it mixing up. Mixing it up. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Um, not as much current game wise, although we have a few things, but I mean there's there's also uh that big bombshell that literally drops what uh an hour before we recorded? Yeah, it was, it was like an say. hour ago. <laughs> uh should we just get right into that? Should we yeah. should we start off with the I big think we thing? should, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So uh uh it is ha- okay, well here's a question. Has the ESA officially confirmed that E three is cancelled, or are we all just running it with it right now? Are we gonna feel stupid in like like in between the time when we're recording this and when it goes they come, they come back and they're like, no, no, actually, it was a <laughs> prank April 1st. Ha! Huh. It's still uh, here. Uh, according to the number one gaming website, GameSpot.com, mm-hmm. uh, as an article written by uh, Eddie, uh, E3 2022 has been canceled, including a digital-only component. There will be no E3 this year, not in any form, it seems. There were plans to host a digital-only event. But the ESA has now confirmed that the show will now mm. will not take place whatsoever. A spokesperson for the ESA told Venture Beat that E3 will return in 2023 with a reinvigorated showcase that celebrates new and exciting video games oh. and industry innovations. Huh. So no E3 this year, but it will come back supposedly in 2023. They are going to try. I. <laughs> don't know if i believe that last part i'm gonna be honest with you i'm not sure they also say that 2023 will still be in los angeles so they're not only going for in person they're like no we are still going for the same Hmm. city (laughs) so i mean the most interesting part about this is like why did it get canceled in the first place because i mean they you know at the the end of last year's uh digital only event they made big a big show of it. Greg Miller, you know, he he got up on that stage and he said, "We're coming back in person." And then, uh, there were just like no talks about it after that. And then there were a bunch of rumors kind of floating around earlier this year, and people being like, "Hey, I heard it might not be in person," and and that they're not working on it. And then it kind of that went around for a while, and then it kind of got confirmed, like, "Yeah, we're not doing it in person." 
and they didn't also didn't even say anything about a digital event at the time. So everyone was like, are they even doing that? And it turns out they aren't. So I, I, I don't know if we'll ever know, but I, I want to know like what, what happened? Yeah, it like, seems like they're very it? like they really want to bring E3 back physically like because that's what they announced last year it's like we will be back in person Mm. in 2022 and instead of just going for digital again they're like it's not going to happen but in 2023 it's definitely going to happen and it's going to be in person i'm like is there just something behind the scenes where like after the 2021 show that they looked at the analytics and the stuff on the back end and they're like yeah this is just never going to work again we can't do this it has to be in person for us to actually get our money's worth for the they thing that we're they, trying to put on they couldn't they couldn't cop the hot exclusives jeff Keeley had him beat he he took the elden ring trailer from them and that's yeah, just, say, yeah. that's this is all, all just jeff actually <laughs> it, it's not like a money thing it's not like an advertising thing it's it's just they realized that they couldn't compare to jeff this is all part of Jeff Keighley's long-winded uh, campaign to destroy E3. To take back video games from himself. <laughs> They're his and his alone. <laughs> and no one else can have them. I mean, yeah, his uh, his winky smiley face tweet was like, yeah. damn, Jeff. All right. <laughs> he, the- he knows what he's doing. He's very pleased. <laughs> he does. He does. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, this brings up a lot of questions about what um what the summer's going to be like. I I hope it's not like 2020s uh God. summer where uh it was basically like cuz E3 got canceled and then you had like Summer Games Fest, which is fine. Summer Games Fest is good. It, it's kind of this condensed show. It's a freaking long show, I'll tell you that. Um it's 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 it, it just keeps going, but it is a good show. Um but then Everyone was doing their own conference for months. It yeah. just never and to be stopped. fair, we were also a part of that problem because we were having play for all, which we mistakenly thought that we could probably do really interesting content for like a month and a half. We learned our lesson and no. came back the next year and tightened that up significantly. But <laughs> And it was definitely was, a smarter play. That was a so rough I, summer. <laughs> I would like to hope that a lot of people have learned their lesson, because I think that was the year where everyone thought we could do a press conference, and then it was like, no, no, you can't. And even last year, like there were all those weird press conferences that were a part of E3's showcase that were mm-hmm. like, why are you doing this? It was very clear, like, oh, this would be show. normally a business conversation at E3, like a bunch of devs getting together and talking in the back room that no one else mm. cares about or watches, and you decided to air that for everyone <sighs> to see. I forget the one, but there was one that it was just a bunch of developer interviews, oh my and goodness. it felt like it was just a weird, like, publisher pitch meeting, because, like... They always, I know which one the, you're talking the, about. I yeah, also can remember. Yeah. The woman always asked them, so like, so what's your favorite part of being, you know, part of the blah, blah, blah family and like having us as a publisher? And it was like, it was the most dry, dry thing I've seen in a very Dude, long time. It was, it was horrible. really long, too. <laughs> uh, I was I was in constantly like I'd shift into high gear because it was just trailers and stuff all the time because that's that's my main thing I do during conferences is, is publish oh. trailers. And then to like. <laughs> Come up, all right, we've got this next one happening in, in five minutes right after this one. We've got to get ready. And I'm just sitting there in like a 
like a runner stance, like ready to take off like for 30 minutes and nothing happened. Was that cock media? Kosh I think media, it might have been. That might have been the one. I remember being. Yeah, there's so many things. I, I as a, as a uh, video person, I remember um, being frustrated at how uh, uh, poor the camera and the like set dressing <laughs> for the the main woman presenter was. I was like, they did this woman dirty. They gave her like harsh lighting. Mm-hmm. The background set is boring. <laughs> She's the one who's on camera the most. What are y'all doing? Get your act together. Come on. You're on E3 for God's sakes. <laughs> True. <laughs> Show some class. Show some class. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, no digital event at no all. Digital They're just event. canceling it entirely. Like, <laughs> how do you feel about that? I mean, uh, what do you what do you think, Jordan? Like, is are you gonna miss it? Like, are do you think? You know, I mean. Is the industry gonna e- yeah. just E3 kinda go is on weird. fine? It's, it's one of those like things that like I'm not gonna speak for every single person in our industry, but I think a lot of us uh love to hate on it, but love to hate on it in the way that you kind of like teasingly hate on like uh, a cousin that you see every once in a while or like a younger sibling like someone you make fun of a lot um but it's like deep down like if someone else like came for them it's like no don't fuck with this person and so i'm i'm kind of like sad that e3 isn't a thing even though like there are aspects of e3 where i'm like man just working for like 12 to 14 hours straight every day for like five days straight is just not a great time but there was like such a feeling of hype and camaraderie and just Mm -hmm. joy and experiencing like just being in a place for a couple of days and being like i'm getting a chance to see games that are coming this year next year the year after that and like it's exciting and cool and i can tell all of my friends also why it's exciting and cool because i'm like look at all these awesome trailers and i got to check out this demo for this one thing that i'd never even heard of like 24 hours ago but now it's like my most anticipated game of all time and it was awesome it was wonderful and a part of me like the logic part of my brain is like there's just probably no conceivable way that E3 returns in any way, shape, or form to what it was and to be as good as it once was. But, like, deep down in my heart, I desperately want it to because some of my uh, favorite memories of working at GameSpot have been working E3 2018 and E3 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, I... I kind of want that again. And maybe really all I want is just a chance to be like, look, it's all of GameSpot and all of IGN and all of Polygon and all of GamesRadar, all like within the same like space. Uh, Maybe that's really what I want. But I don't know. All the game announcements (laughs) were pretty cool, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's almost like um, it's it's maybe not like when you when you think about it on like paper, it's probably not like the best. most practical thing as far as like announcements from like a cost perspective like it's probably cheaper just to do like an online show and just Mm -hmm. just, like put out all these announcements and whatnot but it is like it's almost like this weird uh like morale thing for everyone in the industry because it's like this opportunity to all get to like see each other in person and and chat with each other and you know i'm i also bet like uh, from like the developer side that opportunity to have those backroom deals we were kind of talking about like that probably has a lot of value too that you're not really getting 
anymore. So it's like, yeah, it's like E3 was almost just like this thing that everyone like uses an excuse to gather around. Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe this was just so our games fest will become like yeah. Keely's like, <laughs> come gather around my house. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, what about Ben? What about you? How? how what's your? Because you have a, uh, you're you're the you're the trailer boy. You're the e uh, Gamespot trailer guru. Trailer I've wizard. had a I've had a lot of a range of experiences going to E3s for for now three different companies, I guess, uh, doing very different things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for for Gamespot, it's it's the the getting up at like eight and like trying to hype myself up and getting enough like caffeine in my system to like get going. Cause like mm-hmm. Nintendo's going to start the press conference in, in like 30 minutes. And I know that they love to just put trailer after trailer out and we've got to have them up on YouTube and also on the site uh, as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've only got like a time in between to get ready for the next one. It's, it's a, it's a thing. It's, it's a long, like, like, like Jordan was saying that, you're working like 14 hour days, but it's also kind of like, even though that's definitely not a, a great thing, the the fact that you get to see all of your friends that you might not see from other, other sites uh, is, it kind of outweighs it. Catching up with all of them and like being able to look around and be like, oh, look, there's, there's, there's Max Scoville. He's doing an interview. I can't bother him because he's working, but it's, <laughs> it's neat to see him again. <laughs> Uh, like that kind of thing. And it, it, it's, I, I've always kind of like breaking it down to a really basic level. It's just like a really weird thing where people are showing advertisements everywhere and we're getting excited for advertisements, but like, right. That's the, the stuff I like though. I love the, the, the excitement <laughs> and just getting mm-hmm. stoked about like new games with people who are also excited about new games and, and just even like in our war room, like, on the fourth day, we're all super tired and we're sitting there and we're, mm-hmm. we, we, we're all super weary and we're on like the last conference of the day and it's like 6 p.m. And Todd Howard comes out and tells us how trees grow in real time in his game. And we're like, <laughs> no, they don't, Todd. They really don't. <laughs> but then he talks about the new Fallout game and it, it plays a, a song that we all start like just tiredly singing along with. <laughs> and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff I love and I, I miss. Yeah. The most, um, and I—I I don't know. I'm I'm sad to see it go, but I'm curious to see what might happen with it. And yeah, I, I hope it finds some way to come back. I don't know. I, I was hoping we would get a little bit of that camaraderie back because we we're finally back in the office to some degree. And I was like, oh, like you know, even though E3 would be an all digital event, we'll all come into the office, <laughs> you know, and we'll 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 have our live show in there, and you know, everyone will be like hanging out in the pit, and we'll all get excited. I think that might still happen, maybe with something like Summer Games Fest, but um, yeah, who knows? It's a weird, it's a weird place to be right now. I feel like um, the industry still hasn't quite nailed like what they want like the summer to be for gaming, you know? Because yeah. it's like they're still not putting games out in the summer, really. Um, like the big games are are still there, so. I don't know. Like, what's going to happen this summer? What yeah. What is anyone going to do? I I feel like and someone's it's... probably going to step up and do something. Yeah, some someone is going to try to do something, and then other people will try to do their things. And, like, to your earlier point, John, Luke, like, everyone kind of has realized, like, with E3's absence, like, oh, it's so much cheaper 
for us to just air a bunch of our trailers and have our own presentations as opposed to paying the ESA a shit ton of money to have a giant fucking like monster hunter like dragon thing built into the uh, <laughs> convention hall in hopes that someone will stop by to play uh, the game and check out the new trailer as cool as that fucking was um but then it just because e3 is like that weird thing where it's like oh it's so expensive and not very good but at the same time it focuses like the summer like it takes everyone's crazy announcements that they would normally spread out between may and august and just like condenses it into a nice easy week and a half long uh celebration and without that i just assume we eventually get back to maybe not as bad but just something Mm. similar to 2020 where it's like oh everyone's just kind of doing their thing and you just kind of have to be like ready for at any moment that like oh this is just going to be the week that square enix has something this is going to be the week that nintendo has something this is going to be the week that i was about to say uh konami we're like no konami wouldn't they would never konami bring back your old that's what i really miss the long the long forgotten konami press conferences those were the peak e3 as far as i'm concerned yeah, the, the the lack of E3 moments is the real thing we've lost here. That's true. It's it, yeah, it, it, it it's too polished. It's too sh- yeah. like, you know, clean. Um yeah, I was just thinking like Microsoft at this point with the amount of studios they've acquired, they could do their own mini E3. Yeah, like, so, they, yeah like, they can year. do the Xbox and Bethesda conference <laughs> between the two. Well, well that's what they did. <laughs> I, I think last year they basically were like had, they had like, you know, uh they had like a mini Bethesda press conference within their Xbox conference where like Mm -hmm. Pete Hines came out and just talked about like Bethesda stuff for a while. And I was like, like, okay, you kind of like (laughs) fused it in. And now I'm like, are you going to do that with Activision? Like what's the, that's true. Yeah. They could just just, make their own E3. They corner so much of that industry. For real though. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Um, It'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, I just, I think I'm, I just preferred it when it was all one week that I could just like put all my energy into that one week mm-hmm. and then like yeah. let myself die after that week. And it was like, fine. I can't do that. Like sustained weeks over weeks over weeks of, of coverage. I, I need y'all to slow down a little bit. Um, <laughs> so if y'all want to just like get behind Keeley's thing and just do it all there at that, at that week, I'm, I'm all for it. And I'm sure Jeff Keighley would love that as well. We're calling for it now. <laughs> Everyone put all your trailers into, into Jeff's boat and have him launch them, please. And you know, like, if for whatever reason, Jeff's being really stingy and, like, he just won't, like, do that, which I can't imagine why he wouldn't do that. You know, like, just uh, just come to GameSpot. We'll just showcase everything that you have. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just bring all your trailers and be like, okay, here's every mm-hmm. like trailer and press conference just like about two yeah. and a half, three weeks in advance. Don't leak them. We're like, cool, 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 cool. And uh, we'll just we'll just <laughs> make something for you. We'll have a nice <laughs> little show. We'll set up a little studio. I'll get a bow tie. We'll yeah. host it. Oh, <laughs> That's the game spot promise. We'll have a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Uh, so yeah, hit us, hit us up, developers. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get this, we'll get this going. We'll make Tam's gonna be listening back to this conversation and be like, like GameSpot does not promise any of these things. Like, Jordan does not speak for the company, especially <laughs> not the bow ties. <laughs> is Tam uh, anti bow tie? Is that is that the um, reveal in the in the in the head cannon? That's where we're at right now. I'm actually not sure. I've never asked him what his thoughts were on bow ties. But... I've never seen him wear one. True. Mm, so I exactly. assume his stance is anti bow tie. Mm. But who knows? These are the questions. Uh, why don't you, the loyal listener, uh, hit us up? Uh, what do you think? Do you think Tam is pro or anti bow tie? <laughs> hit us up in the Discord, uh, or you know, send us an email at after Gamespot after dark, uh, or after dark at gamespot.com. Wow, mess that up. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, Jordan, what have you been playing? Uh, um. What have I been playing? What I've been playing? I have been uh, playing Apex as per usual. Um, mm-hmm. They have the new event uh, that came out that also added uh, current gen versions of Apex Legends. So they actually do have PS5 and Xbox Series XS versions now. Um, right. I've been playing that and to be completely honest i can't tell all that much of a difference i'm like i think the series xs and ps5 like already on their own uh propelled the xbox one and ps4 versions to their uh faster loading faster and loading time hasn't been all that different i think some of the shadows are like a little bit darker um Mm. but like it's uh it's still 60 hertz like it's they're like, oh, 120 is going to come later. And I'm like, oh, I think that's oh, like okay. the big change that people are kind that's of what I was, waiting that's on. That's what I was going to ask if they yeah. um, support that. So it's like one of those things where I'm like, oh, it's cool. Now, like when I turn on my Xbox, it's not a bunch of games that have like the little XS uh, badge and then Apex Legends just all on their own. Now Apex Legends also <laughs> has the little XS like on its little tile as well. I'm like, hey, everything matches. Everything looks good. Um, but yeah, new event is fun. Uh, new skins are pricey. I spent the $120 to unlock all the skins so that I could get the, uh, sword heirloom for crypto. Um, a character that I still actually haven't, I think, used yet since buying the sword. So I have spent $120 on a sword that I have yet to use. I need to. Oh, please tell me that. you at least like uh, made yeah. a gallery out of that or something so you could expense it. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh like, no! Back, back in back in the day, I did do that, and I would expense it, and I haven't done that. I think for the past two heirlooms. Um, yeah. Every time people are like, why Why does EA keep doing all these ridiculous prices for Apex Legends collection event? Who's who's buying these things? I'm like, it's me. I am the <laughs> one who is, <laughs> who is buying these things uh, and supporting the fact that EA can just keep getting away with it. Um, I am also still currently playing that game that is redacted that I really can't talk about. Um, still pretty good. Uh, cool. I am not as hot on it as I was the past week. It mm. has made some choices that I'm like, hmm, interesting. I know. That I mm. will discuss uh, soon? 
soon. Soon. The embargo is coming <laughs> at some point. I'll be able to talk about it eventually. Man, you um, got that game early. That's that's nice. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, wow, I got a, a like review code like weeks before <laughs> the embargo. <laughs> like this is <laughs> this is heaven. This is wonderful. Um and then I've been diving back into Elden Ring, or at least trying to dive back into Elden Ring. Um, thank God uh, Tam isn't here, so he doesn't get to hear me talk badly about Elden Ring. Um, mm. But Elden Ring is, I think, like the first From Software Soulsborne game that I've played in a while, not counting demon souls just because demon souls is based on uh an old game um and i'm like man the second half of this game just does not quite hit as hard as the first half which is not to say that it's bad it's more like saying like oh if the first half of this game is like a high 10 out of 10 then the second half of the game is like a low 10 out of 10 like high 9 out of 10 for me mm. um but it is one of those things where you're like, oh, the same joy I had in the first 30 to 40 hours of this game dude, was much higher than the enjoyment I've been having in these last 40, 50 hours of the game. And, and maybe I'm not even close to the end. Maybe I'm actually still in the first half of this game. I have no idea. I haven't gotten credits to roll. But at least based on just how much map completion i have i assume i'm in the latter half of the game and just stormville castle uh raya lucaria academy like those legacy dungeons were just so cool in a visual standpoint mm -hmm. as well as had just excellent level design uh incredible mini bosses and bosses they had great lore um and just their surrounding areas were also really cool and i liked a bunch of the other areas that you can get to very early in the game and the second half of Elden Ring just is not quite hitting it for me as much. So I'm still enjoying it, but I'm disappointed that the second half just isn't, like, exceeding the first half. Like, I remember playing Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, and Sekiro, and being like, man, the first half of this game is fantastic. And then getting to the second half and being like, holy shit, this game is phenomenal and i'm just not getting that with uh elden ring and i i think it has something to do with the fact that like elden Ring's story is just a bit harder to piece together in comparison to the other ones largely because it's mm. like so open that it's like oh even though previous Soulsborne games the story was delivered to you in piecemeal and out of order and you still had to piece it together it was still like a uh tracked uh path of being like well you're not going to discover this fact probably until you discover this fact just based on where they're located in the game and in Elden Ring you don't have that just because right. you can go in almost any direction right off the bat and I have no idea whose decision it was I am assuming it was George R. R. Martin because he fucking loves this shit but there's like eight characters in the game that all start with the letter R six that start with the letter <laughs> M and like five or six that start with the letter G. And so people are like talking about different characters and like, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's like, can't tell my Godfrey's from my Godwins. Yeah. And I'm like, it's so 
confusing and hard to oh my god i i remembered like typing them out like just the other day and i'm like oh i wonder if i still have this list because i was explaining it to my partner just like how ridiculous it was and i'm like look at this like look at what i have to deal with i don't think i have the list anymore that makes me so sad um but yeah it's just like it's because it's like Renala, Ronnie, Rennie, uh, Radon, and I'm like, why have you chosen this? <laughs> like, previous Soulsborne games were confusing, but at least everyone's name was pretty distinct from each other. And in this, you chose, like, nah, let's just have a bunch of names that all sound vaguely uh, similar enough that you can't, like, easily discern, like, who is who. And so right. I'm just not getting as much of a narrative drive to keep going, and it's just entirely on the gameplay, and I'm like kind of getting to the point where I'm like, man, playing a Soulsborne game for 70, 80s hours straight like, is really hard. Like You kind of <laughs> begin to get a bit of a burnout at a certain point, and you're kind of like, I just kind of want the credits to roll... Or for something, like, interesting to happen so I can figure out what's going on. And since the latter isn't happening, I'm like, I just kind of want the credits to roll so that I can be like, all right, I played Elden Ring, I'm done. It's like, no, we're just going to keep going and going and going. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And Tam's not here to tell me how dumb <laughs> or stupid I am about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm 100% with you on that. I mean, I... I I just get names confused so easily. So I already was like, I, when I saw people make fun of that at first, I thought they were joking. Like I legitimately was like, wait, th th there actually is like a Godwin and like a Godric. Like I thought that was, that's not the same person. Oh my God. I thought you guys were talking about the same person the whole time. So I feel you on that. Um, but uh yeah i i don't know i i personally i'm actually like i started elden ring and um i haven't gone back to it since not because i don't enjoy it but because i i like decided i think i need to wait until like it it's a bit slower mm -hmm. and so i can really take my time with it you know um which kind of sucks in its own way because i also feel like the internet just does not give a shit about spoiling it in oh, no. a way that is like really frustrating. Um, like everyone's like, "Look at this," and I'm just like, "I don't want to see any of this." Like, yeah. come on, guys! Like, so I'm. That's really annoying. Um, maybe my the biggest downfall to, to Soulsborne games becoming more mainstream is the fact that it's like, oh, it's no longer a niche community. That's like we must guard the secrets until everyone can enjoy it. To like mm. everyone being like, look at this shit, and it's like, oh, you, fuck. you can, yeah, you can definitely tell there. There was because when it the second it came out, there was this very like all the reviewers and all the people who played it early were like very careful about like not wanting to spoil it. All the early players were very like don't want to spoil it. The second, yeah, the second I got to, like, the mainstream, it was, like, free-for-all. Like, ah, it's, like, the same people that will just, like, immediately start talking about, like, spoilers for, like, an episode of a TV show, like, the second it comes out. And I'm sitting there being, like, I can't always watch a show the second it comes out, guys. Give me, like, a day. Give me a day. Uh, I swear this isn't a, an excuse for me just to talk about Final Fantasy fourteen, but... It's the only place I've I've seen it done before is when when Endwalker came out, the there was like a community embargo where 
there's just like a, a rule where people who were playing the game didn't talk about the story for like the first month. Like if people put like pictures of NPCs or characters or zones, mm-hmm. people would call them out on it and be like, please don't put that there. Don't do this. And, and people did it. Like people actually didn't like spoil anything actively for like yeah. the first month that, that game happened. And that see, was that really community wild. is wholesome and pure, Ben. The Soulsborne community is <laughs> I not. I don't know if wholesome and pure is, is exactly what I would use for the, the deviant art of MMOs, but uh, I, I get what you mean. But yeah, it was it was interesting to see that it's possible some somewhere somehow to like have a group of people agree to not spoil things yeah. for people. But mm-hmm. yeah, Elden Ring has just been off the chain, everything, everywhere. But yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, and I think it's kind of what we said, where it's like, I do think like the core from software audience does abide by that rule it's just that uh hey elden ring sold a lot of copies i don't know if you know that uh a ton of people are playing it a couple mil and all all those people i don't think they're they got the memo uh the way everyone else did to maybe not spoil it so yeah, it's what it is um, i say i think the biggest indication that elden ring is like the first mainstream souls born is the fact that like the messaging system has gone from oh there's like helpful messages mostly on the ground and every once in a while there's like one or two troll messages to so like 90 percent of the messages are troll messages and like the last 10 percent are actually helpful oh, and really? i'm like this has gone from a really cool system to a system that i really just no mm. longer want to engage with in any way shape you know, or form like <laughs> that is really interesting because yeah it's like what happens when when you have a system like that or even like the invader system and it's like by virtue of having so many more people play it who are also like their first timers so they don't you know uh i mean look the the invader system and in, in souls games have always had like their their trolls but mm-hmm. i also think it, there are those people that kind of like have like the, you know the the code of honor when you yeah. when you when you the invade. people who invade and before they wreck your shit they at least give you a customary bow and then they ba- unequip exactly. like all they their armor and you're like yeah. oh shit this yeah. guy's actually really good he's about to destroy me yeah yeah he's still gonna <laughs> kick your ass but you're like the guy the guy has honor uh, and, and I respect that and it's like well what happens when you just have this insane volume of people that just come in and don't know or care about that kind of stuff um, yeah, it can potentially break it in a way that it hasn't in other games, which is, it's like, it's interesting. It's that thing of like, we want to be successful, but like almost too much success and too many players can almost ruin it in its own way, which is interesting. I don't, I don't think like, uh, that maybe sounds too dramatic, but um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I would, I would love to see like the overall, like the hardcore community's thoughts on that. If they feel like maybe the... Mm-hmm increased player base has actually um diminished some of the those sort of online aspects of the game uh well moving on to uh ben janka oh. you've been playing something i'm actually really excited to hear about uh which is the kaito dlc yeah Lost judgment uh i i just started it last night so i'm not I'm not too deep into it but uh i i think because i i people might know i felt kind of let down by lost judgment and like like at least compared to the original judgment game and and the story and and the emotional weight that came along with how they set everything up for that and i think 
this DLC is setting up to be closer to what the original game was, and that makes me really excited. Oh, okay. so the the whole the whole premise and setup of it is 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 really good, and there's a lot of really cool like flashbacks to things. I'm I'm gonna try not to get like too too spoilery or anything, but like. Yagami's out of town and, and Kaito has to get called up to like do some investigating of his own for this this case that comes across his desk and they're like this person's going to give you like 2 million yen if you like agree to this and like 20 million later on if you oh, actually fuck. solve it and he's like what? <laughs> what what's going on with that and the guy sits down he's like I'll actually give you 10, 10 million more if like I'm actually really happy about this I need you to find my dead wife and Kaito's like, excuse me, hold on, what do you mean by find your dead wife? And then he gets all wrapped up in all this stuff, and it turns out that he's he's somehow personally involved in the case. He doesn't want to take it at first. And it's just, it's interesting, and it's good, and I really like the setup. I'm a, if I keep going, I'm going I'm to probably say something I don't want to say. But um, <laughs> if, if you felt the same way I did for Lost Judgment, where it might not have hit the same chord that the original game mm-hmm. did, this might be something really good for you, just off of my uh, my first couple hours. Uh, I already I already cheered at the screen when Kaito did a, a his his signature drop kick for the first time. Hell yeah! Because uh, you know that whenever he has to make an entrance, you see him like the shot is literally up where like it's it's like him down an alleyway, and you're like. My boy's about to do it because he has to go and save this person. He's about to like run full speed and just drop kick this. And he does it, and it's beautiful, and I, and I love it. Uh, fantastic, and I can't wait to play more. Ah, uh, that's really good to hear because yeah, I'm I'm I was in the same boat as you where, where Lost Judgment uh, is. It's like it's not a bad game, but it's it's like I think the most uneven of the uh, RGG games. Yeah. In, in in a lot of ways um but you know i do love them boys i love kaito he's a handsome handsome man mm-hmm. and uh i do want to see more of him because he he also felt like he kind of um took a back seat in the in the main in the main game yeah um, i i think they're doing so, a good job of making up for that that's good that's good to hear yeah is it is it just the it, are there multiple dlcs is it just the one dlc do we know like how they're I have no idea how it's going. I know that this one is called the Kaito Files, so I don't know if like we're maybe getting other characters later on, or maybe more Kaito, right. or like uh, I don't the think files implies multiple things, but yeah. I don't actually know what it what it's involved. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that out because uh, uh, you know what? It's still Judgment, and it's it's that's that stuff's still pretty good. Uh, so yeah, uh, you've also been playing uh, your usuals. You've been playing. Three, you have three different. Yeah, say that three Final Fantasies up here. Uh, in when do you sleep, Ben? <laughs> I don't. I don't ever find the time to sleep. Uh, I was actually going to mention uh, FF Origin, even though I finished it like a, a bit ago, because it it was the game that took me off of uh, Elden Ring. I haven't played Elden Ring in like a month, uh, which I, is wild to me. I want to hear you talk about it because I don't think anyone here on the podcast has really like gotten into it. I know Tan started playing it a little bit, but I don't think he's really talked about it. And uh, I know you you have thoughts about that game. I do, um, and I uh, I want to hear them. I got I got asked to do gameplay for it, and I'm like, the demo was fun. I'll give it a go. It's probably just going to be a bunch of like silly meme stuff, and it'll be whatever with some fun like Neo combat. 
But like the more I was playing it for gameplay, the more I was like, oops, it's been three hours and I'm still playing this <laughs> and I can't stop. Uh, it's it's such a like a like a fun take on on like the the Souls more neo actiony combat. So it was nice mm. to kind of let go and kind of kind of just tear stuff up uh, coming from Elden Ring. Because uh, you that game is very like forward and visceral is a word that sometimes you get uh, frustrated because people throw it around at anything. That game is visceral mm. uh, in a, in like a literal sense and you feel it uh, and I love that. So you just walk around uh, beating up classic Final Fantasy monsters. Uh, you get weapons. You level up all your jobs. It's the the job systems like some I'm still uh, on my Final Fantasy journey, but I hear a lot of people say that one of the best job systems is the one from Tactics, and it's mm. it's basically that kind of job system. Like not as in depth, but like you work your way down a tree and you you, you get mm. special abilities that cross between classes depending on how far you get and. Getting further and playing more of a class will unlock more classes that are adjacent to it. Like, you, you play as a Lancer long enough, uh, you get to unlock a Dragoon and that kind of thing. But, like, it's it's interesting, it's fun, and I I love, I love, I love the main character. Uh, <laughs> like, we, we, everyone's seen a whole bunch of memes about him now and all that, but, like, Jack, Jack Chaos? Jack? Our man Jack? Is... Is just an angry JRPG player who wants to, he just wants to be done and through and he wants to get to wherever he's going. And every moment he interrupts important dialogue is my favorite moment in that game. He's, he's been raiding for like three days straight. He just wants it to be over. Yeah. He's had it. The man needs to sleep. It's like, I can he's understand that. up on Mountain Dew. Like it's, he's, he's sitting there like. This this like elf king is is coming down these stairs slowly. He's like, Jack, do you know about high elves? And he's like, tilting his head sideways. And he's like, I see you don't understand that we are. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> Tell me what I need to know. And I'm like, Yeah, okay, this is this is good. I that. And it gets to the point later on in the game, where, like everyone's seen the video where he he punches the uh, forget, it's like a wraith or whatever. Like the boss at the end of the dungeon, and they're trying to expose, and he's just like, "Shut up!" and punches him. Like, <laughs> it's it's so refreshing just to have something like fast and loose some, and, and silly. Yeah, that's some real uh, shonen protagonist. Like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, I'm just gonna punch you. <laughs> the evolving <laughs> fandom around that game has been fascinating to watch unfold. <laughs> as, uh, also, uh, as public perception of it has gradually shifted. I don't. I don't know if, if uh, speaking of spoiling things, if it's because not a lot of people haven't played it yet, or if people are actually not talking about it, or it is kind of like a thing you can sort of tell if you look at what the game is and how how it works. No one's talking about the like like spoiling the thing at the end because it's the game is pretty formulaic, admittedly, all the way up until like the very last like two or three chapters. You're doing a lot of going to dungeon, cutscene happens. They're like. This is the other thing. It, you, no one's talking about how each of the levels are based off of every Final Fantasy game. 
And I love that. I've heard a, I've heard a little bit about that. Like I was seeing some levels and people are like, oh, this is just the, the Mako reactor level. And I was like, that looks like a screenshot from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's really, really neat because it, it goes into like the enemies that show up, the, the mechanics that you do in, in the, I keep calling them dungeons because the first one you do is the first dungeon in Final Fantasy fourteen, But... Uh, oh really? Yeah. Wow. You, you do the the mechanics. You do all the stuff. It pulls in a boss from Final Fantasy One and puts it into that level. And uh, there's little like weird side comment things that I I love that the characters have in like the beginning intro cutscenes for the levels and the outro ones. Like when I got to the Final Fantasy Seven one, the first thing like Jack says is he turns to one of the one of the people in the party. He's like, "I've been waiting for this one," and the guy's like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> we were just hey, talking about how we've got to go here to like find this this crystal or whatever, and you're like, you knew about this, and you were planning on coming here before you heard about it. What? I'm like, Ben, what is this game? I don't I don't understand because it's supposed to be Final Fantasy One, right? It's so like in that universe. It's a it's a retelling of Final Fantasy One, and it's also in an origin story for Final Fantasy One at the same time. It's like a a retelling and a prequel. Okay. Uh, folded in on top of itself. But it also just said, screw it, we're going to put in uh, themes from every yeah. Final Fantasy game. Uh, they're just like, how how do we like how do we mix it up? They're just like, let's have fun and put like a Final Fantasy 13 level that plays like the Final Fantasy 13 theme music. As, as Wait, a does it motif. actually play the does it actually play the so 13 music? It, it it takes I forget what the, the, the actual theme is, but it's like da 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 yeah, yeah like that. Yeah. It, yeah. it it plays like a remixed version of that. What? Yeah. Uh and it, That's like, crazy. Same thing with the dungeon for fourteen, same thing with the dungeon from five and three and and all that. Like they all take all the stuff from those games and put it into those levels and it's oh really God. This is the type of bullshit that like in previous years, I would be going into game of the year conversations, just waiting for the moment that like silence falls over the room, and then Michael Hyam clears his throat and he's like, "I think we need to talk about yeah. what needs to be in the top ten. <laughs> like, oh I my mean, god, here I, we go. I don't, know, I don't know if you've seen that boy's Twitter, but he is adamant that it is currently his game of the year. So, uh, you know, expect the the fan by game of the year conversations go exactly like that. You know what's I would real pay weird? so much money to be a fly in the wall of that conversation. <laughs> I, th- I don't, I don't know if, if I, if I'm ready to call it my game of the year, but it's, it's definitely one of the best games I've played this year. I, everything you, you like you guys say about it, like makes me want to at least try it. Um, Cause admittedly, like, I don't know, sometimes Michael and, and you will be like, Oh yeah. Really into a thing. And I'll be like, what the all right, heck is and then going I'll play on? it and I'll be like, okay, I don't 100% agree. Yeah. But the, your, your enthusiasm always makes me want to try it. Even if I, or like, because I'll, I'll still recognize like, okay, I get it. I mm-hmm. get why they love this. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not working for me. Because I think the thing that like, to be honest, the thing that um, worries me the most is the combat. Because I've kind of heard the gameplay can kind of get repetitive and, and. I liked Neo enough, but it it wasn't like my favorite um game. That's fair. I, I kind of got a little bored of it. It was it was also like way too long. Um, uh, I think I don't know if this game has that problem, but th- that's the one thing about it where I'm like, am I better off just watching like a cutscene compilation on YouTube or, or at least like trying the game a little bit? I think um, I think you I could know. get away with with watching a cutscene compilation, but the I think the combat actually 
it, it does a good job of letting like you have to do it yourself, I guess, which is the thing where I was trying to level all of my jobs to the max during my whole playthrough. Mm. So I'd I'd sit there and I'd level one thing up to 30 and then I'd switch to another thing and then another thing. So I was constantly having fresh experiences like learning how certain weapon types worked, which was really fun. But I could also see if someone's like, I'm only using a big sword and a big sword is all I'm using for 20 hours. (laughs) Could maybe get bored of using big sword, but sometimes you get like... If you play enough of the big sword class, you get a different big sword class or like different mm. different jobs will actually let you use the big swords in their setup. And really the job different stuff is maybe like different combo attacks that you can unlock and then also whatever your main like core ability is. So there's it's it's familiar enough with the weapon types, but you still get like a little bit of variance. Like for me, I wanted to like I play a warrior in Final Fantasy XIV, so I wanted to build a warrior in that game to see if I could get it close enough to it. And it actually, yeah. like, someone there who was working on FFORGE and played fourteen and they like fourteen because there are warrior attacks that are straight up the same animations. So I was able to get, like, my main melee combo from fourteen as my melee combo in... In FF Origin. Oh, wow. And the warrior ability is... Because their whole thing is just basically bathing in the blood of their enemies to heal themselves so like (laughs) they just have like a heal button whenever you want to use it and i was having a really good time just like i'm just playing my 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 final fantasy 14 stuff and it's an action game and uh, just whipping things around and it's great uh but also it's it's, i can understand how it could get boring for some people at the same time yeah oh but Uh, that and the story is kind of like i said it it's a beginning cutscene and an ending cutscene where, like, you walk in, the characters say something, you do the level, you come up to a boss, you beat the boss, a little bit of story happens, and you move on to the next one. But, like, that last, mm. the last three missions are where this game does its, like, big narrative, like, reveal and what it's doing, and it's really, really cool. Okay, okay. Yeah. I at least want to know what that is. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will definitely... I'm going to try to play to that point, and if I don't quite reach it, yeah. I will find a playthrough on YouTube. That's that's <laughs> what I was saying. Like, yeah, Totally I'll, fair. I'll, I'll probably and do the same thing. The other thing is, you might play the the beginning and realize what's happening. Like, it's <laughs> it's it's not like a, 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 a wild, crazy reveal, but the way that they kind of present it is what makes it worth getting to. I mean, I kind of have a guess. Yeah. Just based on like what the brief thing I know about that game and what they're trying to do, so I'm like I sort of can maybe get like knowing that there's a thing that is revealed. I'm like I I might know what that is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's 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 interesting. I, I I like that game. I like that game a lot. Uh, they've got some Heck cool yeah. like end game stuff you can do, higher difficulty levels, getting gear and all that stuff, which is kind of cool. Mm. It's also three-player co-op. I haven't got a chance to try co-op yet, but I'm sure it's probably Ooh. a good time. Uh, you know, that actually kind of sounds like a fun way to play that. It's like, yeah. just just get some beers, play some... Play it drunk. Kill some- <laughs> yep. drink, <laughs> drink and fight chaos together. Look, if the game is all about a group of bros getting together to fight chaos, I should just do that in real life yeah my bros exactly you bring it together (laughs) it's a beautiful thing um but yeah uh i guess after that the the other final fantasy thing i did is i finally played the ff7 remake dlc where you get to play as yuffie and that was a a really great time uh i just finally started it up one one afternoon and was like this is what i'm doing for the rest of the day 
And it was great. Uh, I love that it didn't outstay its welcome. I appreciate a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that it did for for Yuffie as a character. Because um, I I had her when I did my first run of FF7, but I never put her in my party. She's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, cool, yeah, whatever. She stole my material once, and I hated her for it, and I had to go through a whole mission <laughs> on the other side of the map because of it. That, but. that is exactly how I felt about Yuffie, is, uh, is the game, because she's an optional character, the game doesn't put her at the forefront of the plot yeah. that often, so it, she's kind of in the background, and then the one time when they give her like a side story that you can that involves her, it's just her being insufferable to you, and you're like, I don't, I don't like you. Yuffie, please, don't, go don't do it. <laughs> um, uh, and this game, I think, does a way better job of setting her up, and, and she's like a uh, a little more lovable, a little more like I don't know, just like kind of. Uh, you're like, oh, she's a kid who's who's just kind of wants to show everyone what she's made of, and and you know, uh, it's just really enthusiastic and and a little hot headed. Yeah, she's kind of Naruto. I, I say I like <laughs> it's it's the the weird trope for for ninja type characters that are like show offy. Like you're not supposed to be show offy yes. as a ninja, but mm, exactly. just being loud in in in. And boisterous, like I'm the greatest ninja that ever was. Just you wait and see. Throws down a smoke bomb and then falls down off the top of the thing they were standing on. Like that, I love that. That's top comedy for me. Yeah, it's it's good. It's very good. Um, also, I lo- just just like a really cool shout out to one specific part in that game. I love the chase scene that goes on maybe just a little too long, but has like Cowboy mm. Bebop music that is almost I'm pretty sure like a rip off of actual Cowboy oh, Bebop music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been listening to that uh, all week. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like a five-part like song for all the different parts of the chase. But, like, there's like a whole drum solo. There's a, it's real good. Excellent soundtrack, as like always. Just fucking the remake is so good mm-hmm. the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I really like the ending story cutscenes that they gave us. Yeah, I was going to ask how you felt about that as someone who has played all of the like auxiliary Final Fantasy story cuz I knew that that the the like main villain of the DLC was from uh uh one of those That's some cool <laughs> Dirge of Cerberus one of references going Dirge of Cer- Dirge of Cerberus, right? That's the uh, one it's from. Yeah, yeah. Um and I was like I know you're from a Final Fantasy thing. And you don't belong but here. I don't, but you don't belong here. You feel super out of place here. Um, they felt a little more like it was kind of getting into like Kingdom Hearts territory of of character a little bit for me personally. Um, but so, yeah, I've, I've I, kind I, of you know I was like okay, okay, they're setting stuff up. I've kind of resigned to just letting letting them do whatever they want right now. I, have have sure. we gotten far enough out from that where we can talk about like like what what it is or I don't know like spoilers or things or what? Mm. I still feel uncomfortable talking about it. I feel I would say yes, but we could maybe. I'll, I'll keep it vague. vague. I, I don't. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to. The whole. We should honestly members. do a spoiler cast for that game. Like <laughs> we did. We did. Actually. Oh, we did. So do a okay. second yes, spoiler cast. <laughs> Just keep talking about it. Never stop. Because uh, I would. I would do that uh, for real. I. I. I love Final Fantasy VII, and I hate that it took me until I was as old as I am to realize it. <laughs> You, I've see, loved this all my life, and I just didn't know. So many years wasted not playing JRPGs. I hate myself for it. <laughs> uh, but the I love uh, I love that callback because I actually really like Dirge of Cerberus a lot, and I also 
more than that, the like very, very last cut scene um, that plays out. Oh, yes. Because yes. of the to me, that was the big reveal from the end of the, the original game. And to see them still follow up on that and make me think that if they're setting up for a DLC where we play as that person next, kind of like the Yuffie one, or if part two starts off with that character where they are, mm-hmm. I would yes. love it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I still want to see part part two, part three, whatever part we get to when the Aerith thing happens. I want Aerith to pull a hot swap and have Cloud fall under that sword. I want to see it happen. And I think it might. Uh, when do you think, when do you do think we get part two? Like I oh, was, God. I was banking on part two coming out within mm. two years of mm. part one, and that has not happened. So <laughs> yeah, I th- they've got to be working on it. Like they they've got they're doing stuff, but I have no I have no idea how much it's going to cover. I mean, it was such a huge success for them, and you know they they know people are ravenous for it. It's true. It's me. I'm ravenous. Please please give me more. <laughs> As long as um, it, I, I hope it comes out this console generation. <laughs> for real though, oh, we just get one Final Fantasy VII remake chapter a generation from here on out, and we finish it by the time we're all like seventy years old. Oh, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII remake part seven. We finally the finale. Made it. We're here. We finally get to fight Sephiroth for real. Uh, God, yeah, no, I, I, I like that a lot. That DLC was very enjoyable. Um, and I, I wouldn't mind more small steps in between while we wait for whatever the second one is. Uh, also, I love how sure. they managed to make the characters play differently. Like I, we were talking about before the show started, how that game just throws you or the DLC throws you and expecting you to remember how to play the game. Uh, and relearning how to do that with a character that plays completely differently from all the other party members previously was made it mm-hmm. a, a bit less uh, difficult, I guess. But it makes me wonder what the rest of the, the like characters might play like. I just want to see what Vincent Valentine ends up being, because <laughs> right, yeah, uh, that'll be an interesting one. Are they actually going to let us like third person shooter it? Is it going to be like a like a Dirge of Cerberus thing? Uh, he's a cool vampire boy, and I'm excited to see what they do with him in remake. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Because um, because I agree, I like that they did it where. Because you just got to focus on Yuffie for a couple hours, you really got to like take the time to learn her character. Yeah, and so it's like that's almost a smart way of like slowly introducing all these characters and letting you get used to them. Because you got to imagine by the end of the remake, when you have access to the entire party and you're swapping between them, like the potential for for just different play styles is going to be like insane right like who knows yeah. how they're going to do it and who knows if they're going to completely change how some of those systems work over time too because i i doubt they're going right. to keep the same system like five or six years down the road whenever we get to part four part five wherever it ends up being but maybe yeah i don't know god i really hope it doesn't go that high in terms of parts i was kind of honestly mm-hmm. hoping that it's like and here's part two and it's just the rest it's everything else like <laughs> there's there's also yeah, have they, have they, said, uh, have they ever have they ever said how many parts they were planning they have I not don't think so i think everyone in their head just assumed three because that trilogy sort of, but yeah yeah like trilogy is a thing and, and, and in my head i'm like okay well part one was all midgar Part two would be all of the like open world side stuff, and then part three would wrap back around to like the ending part where you like, you know, you have all that that final big story stuff that happens where you go back to Midgar and there's a 
you know, yeah, and the I, whole end of Final Fantasy VII happens. I like how we we still even push the story forward, even in the the Yuffie DLC, where that we checked in with like the crew people and we're like, we've got to get to Calm. How do we do it? Quick hitchhike! And you're like, okay, they're still moving. I guess they're they're going to the next town. I don't have to play that town. And there's um, even a question then, of like how closely will this remake follow the plot line of the original game because like they've done so exactly. much to like imply that it might not. They, I mean, <laughs> so I, they have set up they have set up some very specific things that are like well, I, you got to do something different with that. I think that they're actually going to change the title even this is this is my dumb theory that i've had like for, oh yes you've, yeah. you've told me this I, theory it's a good theory i, I think that after this point it's they're not going to call it final fantasy 7 remake they're going to call it like final fantasy 7 retold because it's not the same story like it's actually really cool it's it's a <laughs> it's a completely different thing now we've got characters in play that weren't in play before situations that weren't going uh characters timelines removed just <laughs> Yeah, wild thing. So it's one of those things have... where it's like you can't easily tell, like, oh, maybe part two will be this and part three will be this, because it's like, well, what if the changes compound on each other to like yeah. such yeah. an extent that it's like, well, now part two is covering all of this, and it leaves on a part where it's like, we are now in a location that wasn't even in the <laughs> original. Mm. Final I took Fantasy a wrong turn, seven. and now we're in Final Fantasy twelve. <laughs> Rabinaster, we're back. <laughs> Why is Balthier here? Fran? Cool. Let's hang out. Jack Chaos? Jack Chaos? You're joining the party too? God, I wish. Oh, that'd be oh. hilarious. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my fun experience with the Final Fantasy VII DLC. I've also been playing Final Fantasy XIV, of course, but that's just the thing that I constantly do. And I'm still working on the current raid tier, fighting a sexy vampire man. Uh, Sounds pretty good. It's it's pretty nice. He he's a he's a real looker. He is great music too. But beat him eventually. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah. l- last game you mentioned, you you have uh, Genshin Impact oh. on here. You've been getting into Genshin. Uh, yes, Genshin. I accidentally got into Genshin uh, uh, because I got curious. Jordan was talking <laughs> about spending a whole bunch of money on a on an Apex thing, and I was like, I've been playing a gotcha that's been draining my money too. <laughs> I try to block it out of my memory, but here it is. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun game that I I like kind of popping in every now and then. Uh, I got some spicy takes that I don't know if I'm ready to say them yet, but no, you can't you can't tease us and then not say them. Uh, give us one, give us a spicy take. It's just more a like a, spice. a big general overall spicy take. I some people might know that I wasn't really uh, up on Breath of the Wild, you know. It was cool. It wasn't my favorite. I think Genshin okay, okay. is better than Breath of the Wild. Ah! I can hear Max just running over. He's, to he's your like, house right "Excuse now. me, what?" <laughs> I I just want to also make sure before this gets too crazy and wild, and people start popping off. I I like Breath of the Wild. I enjoyed playing it a lot. I like the DLC. <laughs> I like the I like the stuff. I just wish I could remember any of the music or say that I enjoyed any of the dungeons or any of that. But I love the, the, the systems that they've put in there and I enjoy them, but mm. I think I'm I've played Genshin more than I've played Breath of the Wild, and I think I might have had a little more fun with Genshin than I have with Breath of the Wild. And they're not directly comparable, they're very similar in a lot of ways, which kind of isn't fair, but mm. uh I just can't help but think like the other third person glidey hack 'em up game that I've been playing is is a right. is a good time and like the characters in it there's a really cool story beat that i just got into because i'm still catching up 
uh, story wise, but uh, yeah. yeah. It'll be exciting game. to see if uh, Breath of the Wild 2 looks at games like Genshin and Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring. It's like, I guess we could have a lot more like area specific <laughs> music and active storylines and less samey gotcha environmental mechanics. stuff like that. Um, yeah, we and, keep they, a, and they keep learn the gotcha and they evolve. Don't, don't take the gotcha. That's not a thing we need. <laughs> you don't want to unlock the ability to play as uh, Zelda from Ocarina of Time? <laughs> no, because I know that I would definitely put a lot of money into that so I could play as Zelda from Ocarina of Time. Damn, they yeah. put in Tetra. Is it Tetra or Petra in Wind Waker? It's Tetra. Tetra. It's Tetra. Yeah. Best Zelda. Pet, Pet, Petra is a character from Destiny. Um. There you go. Put <laughs> Destiny characters in Genshin and in Zelda. Excellent. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'd be all for that. That sounds great. Yeah. Give me, like, anime uh, Zavala. Oh, hell yeah. I, love that. God. I am really happy that Breath of the Wild 2 was delayed because I was just not ready to have that conversation at game of the year time it's like all right starfield elden ring breath of the wild 2 what do y'all think should be game of the year i'm like i just you got me in the back ff origin (laughs) (laughs) i was already getting stressed at trying to figure out what to say and i'm like i'm i'm just happy that at least one of those is just out of this Mm. year (laughs) yeah yeah i i agree i i would rather just give that game just i want it to come out when literally there's nothing else just give me give me like all the time in the world to play uh, nothing else other than the next horizon game because that game the next <laughs> breath of the wild has to happen when horizon comes out again yeah do you think that's what it was nintendo's like well we missed our chance to come out around horizon 2 so we gotta wait for horizon 3 that's that's what it is secretly we, they're we like know. hey gorilla when are you releasing dlc for, for yeah Midwest? exactly yeah. Like, oh we were thinking like uh quarter two of 2023 it's like okay excellent Perfect. thank you <laughs> yeah whenever the expansion comes out they're like sick <laughs> Uh, well, moving on to what I've been playing, um, the the only big thing I've been checking out uh, is Weird West, which Ooh. is the new, uh, I guess it is technically like a isometric sort of immersive sim style game uh, by a uh, new studio. I forget the name of the studio offhand, but it's a bunch of ex-arcane people. Wolf um, Eye? Raphael and Colantonio. That- Wolf Eye, yes. Yeah. Wolf Eye. Uh, formed by Raphael Colantonio, who uh, was one of the previous heads of Arcane Studio. He was the director for Prey and worked on the Dishonored games as well. Uh, and he and a bunch of ex-Arcane people were like, we want to make more, um, you know, immersive system style games, but kind of outside of the, the AAA space and kind of more on a smaller budget. And their first game is Weird West, which I think is actually based on a property i want to say it's like a i could be crazy but i remember weird west was like a board game or something i'm gonna look that up because i don't want to uh give the wrong information that'd be Uh, so cool that'd be really really sick god but Um, i could totally imagine it being like some tabletop rpg or something like that because that's what i thought but maybe i'm wrong let me let me see let me see um no it doesn't say anything maybe i'm wrong i might be wrong um i could be thinking of like a different game so scratch all that 
I might I might be totally off base on that. Anyway, Weird West, it's it's yeah, essentially it is a uh like I said, it's an isometric immersive sim. The idea is it's like what if the West, but also like the occult. So there's just like demons and zombies and all manners of like werewolves and messed up things. Um the way the game works is you essentially have like these series of different character stories that you do. So you'll start off and you're uh, the first story is you are a like an aged like ex bounty hunter um, who like retired and um, you open up with uh, her farm getting uh, uh, attacked, her kid getting murdered, and her husband getting kidnapped. Jeez. And she's like, oh, "All right, wow. I gotta I gotta go out back. I gotta dig up my guns and I gotta go kill these people." And that's how the game starts. And then there's a bunch of other characters. I'm only three hours into the game. So I haven't got a chance to check out the other characters. I know the second character you, you get is just called the pig man. Oh, and it's just a beefy man with like a pig head. I don't know if it's a mask or if he is just like, is a, it a pig a head pig. or is it a mask? Yeah, oh, yeah. Or is he an actual literal pig man? I do not know. I'm excited to find out. Um, I love the game's vibe and I do love, uh, I feel like the game has a, pretty cool emphasis on like feeling you know very reactive you can do what you want you can technically kill anyone uh and just keep going you can uh rob houses at any time like there there seems to be a lot of freedom in the way you can move which is really exciting um i am enjoying it enough but i do feel like the game is starting to get at least a little repetitive in terms of uh some of the combat stuff and some of the objectives it is a uh like real time like kind of like gunslinging combat so you'll you'll have like your different weapons and um you have different like kind of perks and abilities that you unlock uh it it's all really fast paced <laughs> in a way that can actually get kind of overwhelming especially on the mouse and keyboard like i find myself like like kind of like setting myself up well like okay i'm going to sneak over here i got this dynamite i'm going to throw it in and then um you know, I'm going to kind of wait for them to come and shoot them. And like that all goes according to plan. Great. But then the second it starts to get messy, I find myself like fumbling with the controls a little bit. And I almost wish it had a uh, like a what am I trying to say? Uh, Dragon Age, a Dragon Age style, like pause mm. mechanic. Where you oh, can the tactical just, like, camera thing where you. Can yeah, where I could out. just yeah. if I could just like pause for a second and get my bearings specifically because just like the controls, maybe this is just a mouse and keyboard issue. It could also just be a me problem. I think I just kind of get a little flustered because it's like, you know, you're, you're aiming with the mouse and you're, you're moving with the, uh, you know, WASD, but then it's like, okay, you're, uh, uh, to activate your weapons, you have to hold like the, like, uh, alt button. And then to go to your different like potions and stuff, you have to hit like Z, x and c and then huh. like your abilities are tagged on like one two three four and i'm like oh, this is just maybe yeah maybe it works better on controller um than it does on mouse and keyboard so, so i was gonna say it that could it sounds like it might just because it's it's like a twin stick shooter right like you aim probably with the yeah. right stick that'd make that exactly. easier just by itself but like also readying your weapon with alt and having to those keys <laughs> those keys sound suspicious to me <laughs> they're a little it's a little i i find it just a, a, a little too much at times um only when the combat gets like really hectic um but yeah I, it's like i'm enjoying it but i do feel like everything i'm doing is just like oh okay i'm gonna go and i'm gonna 
um, shoot up this place, loot everybody, go back, do the same thing. Feels like it's start it's starting to get a little stale, and um, unfortunately, what I've heard from some people is that that doesn't really change all that much. It kind of doesn't introduce enough like new elements into what you're doing. Um, it seems to be getting very mixed reactions mm-hmm. uh, from reviewers. I've seen some reviewers say like, "I think this game's amazing." Um, I've seen other reviewers be pretty disappointed in it. Uh, I forget who reviewed it for us. I will look that up right now. Um, it is. Hold on there. Gamespot, why? If you could load for me, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, it is Justin Clark. Uh, our freelancer Justin Clark reviewed it. He gave it a six out of ten. Oh wow! Uh, basically saying um that it had some really imaginative writing and character work, and that like the interactivity is really good. Really love the aesthetic, but felt that the combat and targeting was clumsy. The camera can be a problem. And that the upgrade system felt unbalanced, which I would say kind of lines up with how I feel about it. Yeah. Like, I love the aesthetic. I really like kind of like the fusion of of um, sci-fi or not sci-fi of Cowboys of and Westerns with like, yeah, with like a cult. Like, I, I think that's really fun and cool. Um, I do love how it just seems like you can kind of like like what literally like the first thing I did when I started the game was like I I got out of bed and was like, oh, I got to go out and they're shooting my boy. And then I. <laughs> It's like I should pick up boy. this lantern, and I picked up a lantern, and then I like hit the wrong key, and I immediately dropped the lantern and set the whole room on fire. Oh no! And then had to like <laughs> jump out the window, <laughs> and I was like, "Perfect! This is you know what? This is the best way to start an immersive sim. Is just like immediately mess up, and burning your house down, set set the set the whole house on fire." I was like, I understand um, they're very different <laughs> genres, but just the way you've. Uh, described it and the few reviews i've read it see it's giving me big uh marvel's uh guardians of the galaxy vibes where like the gameplay isn't quite there but like the set dressing and story uh is pretty good um yeah although i'll say and i'm again i'm only three hours in so i feel like i barely touched the story it's okay but it's not like amazing mm-hmm. i more just really like the vibe but the characters themselves have been like pretty basic like my character is just like hey i need to go save my husband who's been kidnapped by like weird demon monsters as and you do the sheriff's like yep you should do <laughs> that and then that's there hasn't been too much else to that yet but also to be fair i am very early and i've actually spent the majority of my time like doing side quests and bounty hunting and stuff like that so i can't speak fully to the direction the characters go it's just more like i really like the world and it feels very like creative and imaginative and i like being in it okay i'm, I'm excited to try it out myself actually i've i've got it loaded up and and whenever i've got free time i'm gonna <laughs> hit the hit the dusty trail and, and punch a mummy yeah, or well, something hopefully we get that soon with the absolute insanity that's been january uh february and march coming to and like april is what mm. lego star wars and switch sports which like nothing to sneeze at both of those are games that i'm like oh hell yeah i'm gonna spend a lot of time playing this but it's not like <laughs> getting a shit right. ton of 60 hour open world rpgs like yeah back to back to i mean back. <laughs> this month's a little slower because yeah i think it starts with lego star wars and i think it ends with switch sports and in the middle there's a couple of like cool indie games um and we were originally gonna get first spoken in may but that was delayed so now may is looking that's true pretty empty too yeah it'll be interesting um 
yeah, I think the game's neat. It's worth checking out. I, I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass Day yeah. 1, yeah. which is cool as well. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's um, a bit of a, a mixed reaction, but I think that makes it, like, perfect for something like Game Pass. Because, like, give it a try. See if you like it. Yeah. Um, and if you do, you'll have a really good time with it. So, yeah, I, I definitely recommend giving it a shot. And I think that's uh, that's about it for me. And that's about it for this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Ben. Well, thank you for filling in yeah. at the last second. I really appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime said we couldn't talk for a full like hour fifteen. We probably could have <laughs> kept talking. I mean, we could have probably talked about more stuff. I could talk about Final Fantasy for way more hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, if people want to hear you talk more about Final Fantasy, where can they find? You? Oh, you can find me on Twitter.com at Ben Janka. It's just my name. I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> don't be sorry <laughs> you're 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 a, a lovely uh breath of fresh air on twitter oh, as far as i'm concerned thank you i, I try to be as fresh as i can yes <laughs> you you you, po- you post the right kind of stuff yeah which is that you, you, you don't take twitter too seriously and i appreciate that yeah, I, I try not to and jordan where can the lovely folks find you and what have you been working on uh they can find me on twitter at jm ramay uh i by the time this podcast is up the second uh apex legends column article will be up this one is going over the lore of bangalore um specifically how her new storyline might be the uh tie-in slash introduction to who the new character for apex legends might be in like a month's time so if uh you don't mind just checking that out it the clicks help me convince tam and chris and randy mm. to let me keep writing about apex legends do it <laughs> feed the habit support feed my support habit. your boy <laughs> he, the boy needs money so he can buy more skins <laughs> keep it going yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, you can find me over at uh, John Lake on Twitter. Um, I'm working on. Oh, I guess I don't. I don't know if I can say what I'm working on, so I won't. Um, <laughs> you should. You should go. What's a cool video you should watch? Um, it's been a heck of a week, guys. I don't. I, I'm trying to struggle. What even? Uh... Um. You can watch uh, the console crew reunion where Tam Lucy, and I are go. talking about uh, PS Plus and how it, the announcement was super fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> I threw I threw some some SpongeBob SquarePants music into the edit because I recently learned that. Um, the music service we use, uh, APM, that's where all of the SpongeBob SquarePants music from the first three seasons comes from. Holy shit. It comes from the same music service, which means I have access to the entire catalog of the SpongeBob. The world music. is our and oyster. <laughs> I can put the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy theme into anything, including the end of this podcast oh. right oh, now. Oh, man. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.